0: I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. This is Collateral Cinema. What makes you think you can bullshit your way into my head? Like every other person! Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So smoke them if you got it, my friends, whatever you have, blunts, bowls, dabs, whatever, right, right Robert? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, smoke it if you got it. And you definitely want to get high for this one, y'all. This is... An episode that we have just been anticipating for a while now. This is a legendary movie. Legendarily awesome, legendarily bad, but oh man, it's memorable. Of course, we are talking about Tommy Wiseau's 2003 alleged drama, The Room. What do you think, Robert?
1: Oh yeah, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, I, I just recently showed Robert this movie for the first time and oh man that was quite an experience i mean unfortunately it was one of those youtube videos that was a little sped up you know because of the copyright infringement and everything but it was it was still really really funny it's like the umpteenth time that i've seen it but i mean it was the first time you've seen it right yeah oh man It it was oh man it was it's great seeing people's uh reaction to it the first time like honestly like that's really a treat you know I mean, just when you get down to just Tommy was so himself. Yeah. You know, I mean that right, just him right there it, is just that's reason enough to watch the movie. I mean, he's practically like a weird vampire slash alien humanoid thing. Fabio.
1: whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Mazzaro Fabio, like nostalgia <laughs> critics said, right? Definitely. Yeah. By the way, we love y'all, Doug. We love y'all, Rob. Straight up.
1: Keep doing what you're doing.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! um but this movie i first saw it on the adult swim april fools prank when they first actually brought it to everyone's attention i mean this is pretty much what made this movie what it is you know i mean of course it was very heavily edited i mean they had to box out a lot of stuff but even so I mean, it still had impact. I mean, j- just the music and the sex scenes alone, like it, they, that sold it enough, like even on, uh, on goddamn Adult Swim. <laughs>
1: Could not stop laughing the whole time. And
0: I mean, they did that like for th- three years running, I think, like uh, third or fourth of the year, they, that's when they, they played like maybe the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie, and then they switched over to a Toonami revival, which is still ongoing to this day. So you should totally watch Toonami, people, by the way. Like totally. But, I mean, this movie, its to me, it's almost like a stroke of genius, like like a backwards genius in a way, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess an artist trying to figure out what he's trying to do with the whole thing, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and he was going about it in a way that is just like nobody has ever really approached making a movie like Tommy Wiseau did in his cast and crew. I mean... These guys, I mean, they were just trying to make the best out of out of just the worst, <laughs> like. And apparently, Tommy was Wiseau so himself, he was just he was kind of oblivious to um, the type of movie he was actually making. Like, I mean, of course, later on, he uh, allegedly played it up as a black comedy, you know. After, you know, people started laughing at it, bad reviews, it, you know? maybe, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean. In the end, I, I do believe that he was trying to be kind of sincere with what, he was trying, with what he was doing. It's your first movie, right? It's yeah, yeah. He was trying to put sincerity. It's just Tommy was so, man. <laughs> oh, man. Like, by the way, we were supposed to have a couple of our co-workers here on the podcast, uh, the Chancellor Brothers, Ash and Dakota. Uh, they're huge fans of this movie. I mean, I might even put a little message uh, from them here near the end or something. I don't know. They would have been perfect for this. It, they would have been perfect for this. I mean, they're huge fans of it. And like, especially Ash. I mean, we we're quoting this movie at work all the time, right? Yeah. Like every day mostly. Yeah, I, I was planning yeah. on asking Ash what other types of movies he's into cuz <laughs> this honestly this this guy really does need to watch a lot more movies. Like he hangs out with us, he's going to see some interesting stuff. Like seriously, if he's going to be in this podcast yeah, I mean, just lo- look at this. I mean, look at my goddamn DVD collection over here.
1: You got a big one, so do I. Yeah,
0: and I've got a very eclectic one. So yeah, yeah. These kids are in for a ride. And, I mean, if y'all are listening, Dakota, like, unfortunately, Dakota had to had a little incident. He, I hope that he's all right. Yeah. You know, we do hope that he's that he pulls through. But um, we do wish him luck, and we hope to have both of them on the podcast here pretty soon. Hopefully so. So, yeah. Mm. But anyway, production of this movie, I mean, it's so tied into Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero's relationship together mainly, you know? Like, I mean, Sestero in many ways knew exactly what was being made here, much like everybody else in the crew. You know, they, they knew that this was a mountain of shit and they were just trying to get through it because they were certain that this was not going to be seen by anyone.
1: Right. Yeah, whoever they probably didn't think it was going to get done. Like,
0: Honestly, I I don't think that they thought that it was going to even. They were going to finish production. I mean, even see the screen at all. Because I mean, Tommy was so he he had a good little chunk of money that apparently he got from from somebody. Who
1: knows where he got I it? I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody nobody actually knows where he got this uh, this money at all. It's very strange. You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about this movie. There's been speculation of it being like a money laundering scam, which interestingly enough, uh, I've heard that there's this uh, one lost movie that's like a SpongeBob movie. It supposedly it doesn't exist, but it's been seen as kind of a money laundering scheme. And hmm. I think there was some some speculation that that was the case with Food Fight, maybe. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, uh, defame anyone or anything, but, yeah. I mean, that that's just, like, the, the general public speculation that I've heard. But, I mean, honestly, I think that this movie was totally sincere, honestly. Like, Wiseau uh, was trying to make something that was, I guess, profound? His I masterpiece.
1: Guess. <laughs> I guess he calls it his masterpiece, for it.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, it, it's a masterpiece of something, man. <laughs> like, I mean... I don't know of what. I mean, it's coming from a place that is just beyond human reproach. Honestly, I mean, it's something that only makes sense to Tommy Wiseau and Tommy Wiseau himself. You know, I mean, he himself like he doesn't even let people know his uh, his like nationality or, you know, or
1: where he's from, where he's from. Like,
0: I mean, apparently he may be from Poland. Like, I mean, people aren't really sure about that. It might fit, but I mean, he's definitely somebody that seems to be kind of on all the time. You know, like basically the the way that he's acting in this movie, that's pretty much just Tommy Wiseau. That's him. That's him. That's him all the way. Right, Robert. What do you, what do you think about that? Jesus Christ, I've only seen it once, but... I mean, you, you were also looking at a bunch of stuff on YouTube about it as well. I was you
1: comparing know? it to a James Franco's version. Yeah, they the, the disaster of yeah.
0: the disaster artist, which we will get into yeah. near the end of the podcast. It's like, that's definitely worth discussion. Um, his directing and acting uh, choices production. in this movie, I mean, it defies description. I mean, just like that that infamous scene where he walks into the uh, store, you know, and it's like this rapid-fire exchange that just comes out of nowhere, seemingly, and makes little to no sense at all. It it seems like just non-sequitur after non-sequitur after non-sequitur, you know? I mean, it just doesn't... One premise doesn't follow from the last one. It doesn't follow from the last one, you know? Like, makes
1: no sense, really.
0: No, absolutely no sense at all, but it makes all the sense in the world at the same time
2: hi can i help you yeah can i have a dozen red roses please oh hi johnny i didn't know it was you here you go that's me how much is it? It'll be $18. You go. Keep the change. Hi, doggie. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. I mean, th- th- that's what's strange about everything that it went into this movie is that it's almost paradoxical. It's nonsensical, but makes sense at the same time. Tommy Wiseau's acting is incredibly emotional and void of any emotion at all. I mean, it just should not be, you know, but it is. It just is. And that's the same thing with Tommy Wiseau. He just is. You know? I mean, he. I mean, especially in the way that he wrote this movie. I mean, I th- I'm i not sure if he himself wrote this movie by himself. Do you remember?
1: I don't remember. I think. I, mean, he, I, don't, I, think I don't remember. I think him that and he. and his friend, Cesaro. Yeah, I think Cesaro yeah. may
0: have had a, a uh, hand in it. Like, I'm not exactly sure, you know? But. I mean just the dialogue alone and then the plot holes that come up, man. I mean you couldn't make stuff like that up. Horrible
1: writing. Yeah. It's like
0: I mean that, that's what's so <laughs> surreal about the disaster artists, like the, the scenes that they recreated. I mean it's not completely perfect down to the T as far as the sets are concerned, but it's still a it's still a real close approximation of it, as close as you can get. And it's almost creepy in a way, but I mean, even so I mean it just shows the w- ju- the weird kind of uh dynamic that Tommy was so had as a writer that even if it that even other actors managed to translate it that well, you know you know what I mean <laughs> it's like that's kind of a wonder in its in its own right like what are your thoughts on that Robert
1: hmm I
0: have no idea. I <laughs> have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no idea. Uh, that, that isn't really an appropriate uh, response to this. I mean, in many ways, I've seen this movie so many times, I still don't know what the deal is <laughs> with it, man. Uh, it still mystifies me to every day. And anytime any of the love scenes come up, the, the music itself just it just gets me right there. Like, I just start laughing my ass off. It's so perfect. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, and just the way that he wrote his characters, you know, I mean, just like, I mean, just Mark and Lisa and Johnny themselves, just the main love triangle here. It's like nothing about that makes sense. I mean, Lisa has no reason to be in any type of You know, duress in her relationship. Yeah, she's a bitch. Yeah, yeah, she has no reason to be be that way. I mean, I mean, it's like, I mean, if she doesn't love the man, I mean, what the fuck ever. But it's like she makes this huge like production of it. Yeah,
1: she's pretty much all about herself.
0: Yeah, but in many ways, Johnny's not necessarily an angel either. You know, I mean, he wrote Johnny to be kind of, I mean, he meant him to be sympathetic, but I mean, he came across as more of a dick many times. Like when he just pulls a goddamn uh, a, a tape recorder out of essentially Hammerspace, I guess. But I mean, he just literally it, just pulls it out of his goddamn pocket. Oh, well, he just it's happens like, to have it on him. He's yeah. like, what What the <laughs> fuck? Is, is this motherfucker Bugs Bunny or something? <laughs> I mean, is, is he going to pull a goddamn anvil or just randomly pull the goddamn roadrunner out? Like, meep, Maybe meep.
1: <laughs> a sword. <if laughs> of the,
0: singing sto- the singing sword? <laughs> 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 oh, man. But, I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I guess that's, in a way, an apt description. Like, Tommy Wiseau himself has a, more of a cartoon character-type personality, in a way. Like, like he almost seems like he should be someone from, like, a really Crazy anime, right?
1: Like an Elmer Fudd type or
0: a... An Elmer Fudd type.
1: <laughs> what's, what's that other one? Dang.
0: Uh, Yosemite Sam. No, Sam? no, not Sam. Yosemite Porky Sam. Pig. Porky Pig. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> I, I don't think that he's anything like Porky Pig. No. He probably is a little more like El- Elmer Fudd Elmer if Fudd. he was just a little more daft. Like even more daft than Elmer Fudd. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? I think I do. Yeah, but I mean, other other ways that he wrote this movie, like for instance, like just the scenes that the plot holes that just come out of nowhere. And they're not really plot holes. Well, no, yeah, they're definitely plot holes. Just I mean, they repeating just
1: repeating itself. Mostly. Come,
0: yeah. they just come up out of nowhere. They're never addressed again, and you know, and they it essentially repeats many of the same scenes over and over again, just with different contexts and uh, different uh, camera angles and whatnot. Exactly. And then yeah. It's it's literally just like dialogue, dialogue, sex scene, or weird, weird dialogue, dialogue, sex scene. It's like, I mean, it's it has in a weird way. It's like an ebb and flow, but it's a linear and very repetitive ebb and flow.
1: Oh, and you know? the way they're having sex. I mean, he, <laughs> he's doing it with a rose. Like. Yeah, yeah. We're we're
0: going to get into that <laughs> here in a, in a little bit. I mean, that that that's worthy of discussion alone, honestly. But I mean. Yeah, we already went over his financial backing and everything, but just this Tommy Wiseau's mannerisms, just as a person in general. I mean, he has some very strange tics to it, right? You know, creepy. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing that he does, nothing that he says, nothing, nothing that he acts is just natural in any way, even in real life. That's that's what's creepy about it.
1: So that's pretty much him.
0: Yeah, but in the end, he's Tommy Wiseau, and you just kind of accept it. I mean, you take it. It, In a way, it's almost like John Waters in a sense, you know? You know that this dude has made some very crazy movies in his life, but you just kind of take him as he is, you know? And also, unfortunately, Tommy Wiseau... Has been a little bit litigious with his film lately, especially when it comes to certain film festivals asking to film his movie. Like he's kind of skittish about who, about how it's distributed and how and who actually gets to show his movie. You know, and I mean the movies themselves, these showings are late. They're like huge events, not not unlike the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show showings. You know, people show up in costume. You know, like looking like Johnny and Lisa and everything. Like they bring footballs. Like. They tell, they tell Denny to fuck off. <laughs> Football scene,
1: Jesus Christ,
0: <laughs> they, they repeat all the, they repeat all the quotes and everything. Like it, it's something that I've been meaning to get to. Like, I mean, I just never know when there's a screening in, in San Anto, but I would love to go to that. You know, Probably have to look that up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be so perfect, man. I mean, I've never been to a Rocky War picture show showing like that either. I mean, I'm sure that's quite an experience. I mean, people are kind of kind of do the same thing there, but I mean, to me, I mean, I like the room a little bit better because it, it at least tries to do something that's a little more realistic, at least. I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show is kind of a mindfuck in its own right, but this is almost like a indirect mindfuck in a way, right? Jesus, it's like a backwards mindfuck. <laughs> Like it doesn't bring you to any type of enlightenment. It just kind of yeah. There's the,
1: like no point to this movie at yeah, all. Yeah, really.
0: seriously. It just kind of dulls, numbs you down a little bit. It makes you dull and just like really, uh, what, what's the word? Hmm. Apathetic. But then, and then all of a sudden, it just makes you feel joy and happiness just out of nowhere. It's like, like I said, that ebb and flow. Apathy, joy. Apathy, joy. Apathy, joy. That's pretty much what this what this shit is, man. You're tearing me apart. <laughs> Everybody betray me. I, I, I hate this world.
1: I hate this world.
0: <laughs> Honestly, Tommy, we really love you if you are listening to this. We're not ragging on you. We do love this movie. Great stuff. Oh, hi, Susan. Oh,
2: well, hi, Johnny. How are hi, you? Good to see you. What would you like? Hot chocolate, please. What size do you have? Medium, please. Sure. How about you? I'll have the Minty. Okay. Medium also? Yeah. go sit down, we'll be right there. I'm so tired of girls' games. What happened now, Mark? Relationships never work. I don't know why I waste my time. What makes you say that? It's not that easy, Johnny. Well, you should be happy, Mark. Yeah, I know. Life is too short. Oh, thank you, Susan. You're welcome. How about something like cheesecake? No. no, no, no that's real really
0: good. Yeah. All right.
2: How was work today? Well, oh, pretty good. We got a new client at the bank. We'll make a lot of money. What client? I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? Can't talk about it? Why not?
1: Take your time.
2: Oh god, wrong Already? Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, tell me. Yeah. Um, see you, see you, Mark. Wait, did you go jogging? Golden yeah, Gate sure. What time? what time? Golden Gate Park, 6:30. Right on. Yeah. All
0: right, Okay, they'll keep up. The other actors in this film, like Greg Sestero, man, him he in his own right, I mean, he makes this movie just so much more interesting, I think. I mean, it's it's not what I would call a great performance, but He's he, had, he's one of the few actors that, at, f- at first, he tries to be a little bit uh, competent, but then eventually he just checks out. You know? you know, you you can tell eventually he's just checked out, right? Sleazy
1: scumbag friend of his, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, as far as the char- yeah, it shows in the character. Like he just becomes more nonchalant about it, and then eventually at the end, it's just like I am not sure that's both his character and Greg Sestero just saying, "Well, okay, fuck it, whatever. Let's just let's just end this already." <laughs> I mean, what, what would you do if you were in the, involved in this, man? I mean,
1: you actually, yeah, I would have ended with the gunshot scene. Right you, at the yeah, yeah, you would it sounded like year. they were just.
0: But I'm talking about just dealing with someone like Tommy was so, period. Like, how would you deal with that? I mean, every you're, day. An, you're an aspiring filmmaker. I mean, you would be on a film crew, I'm sure. Like, what would you do if you were on this film crew? Damn. Like you, you think that like what do you, what did you how would you say to just
1: probably just get to know him and see what he's all about <laughs> and see if I could try I, to become I think his friend. That's
0: what their, <laughs> the crew tried to do, but everything just kind of mystified them. Apparently,
1: almost like a family <clears throat> formed right there.
0: Yeah, and yeah, like like Tommy was so directed an episode of Tim and Eric awesome show, great job that. Honestly, it's it's fantastic. I, I recommend everybody if you don't have the DVD or if you haven't streamed it off of uh, or streamed it off of com. I mean I, I generally check it out. It's really, really funny. It's really great. And it's just Tommy Wiseau being Tommy Wiseau. And Tim and Eric being Tim and Eric, like I don't know if you've ever watched that show, Robert.
1: No, I don't think not I have. really.
0: Mm. Oh man, you're missing like the best alternative comedy ever. Yeah, I'm missing a lot. Seriously, of stuff. you're Jeez. missing out on some good shit right there. Like mm. I mean, I, I wish that they it, it's like they actually have a movie, Tim and Eric's billion, uh, billion dollar movie, really, which we should totally do on the show. Like 100, percent that's definitely going to be a future episode future. Okay. Yeah. Another time later for that. (laughs) But also, I mean, Robin Paris, she played uh, Juliet Daniels. uh, That's uh, Lisa's uh, best friend. Like she's kind of become a little bit of her of an internet icon in her own right. Like, I mean, she she recently uh, released a series based off of the room that's almost like a where are they now kind of as far as the characters are concerned. And it actually was apparently it was pretty interesting. Like I haven't actually seen it, but I want to check it out. But it's I on mean, Twitter or something. Right? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, you can find her on Twitter, and also I mean she does some stuff on the podcast circuit as well. Nice. Like she's she does some interviews and some guest spots and everything. I mean, if we were a little more prominent, I would re- reach out to her and I would say like, hey, hey Skype us or whatever. Like, you know, or maybe give us a review, right? or maybe Tommy was so. Oh. But I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I would handle interviewing him, man. <laughs> it's like I, I would be too, I would be too tempted to talk to him like this and just completely say, oh, ha, 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 hi, uh, Johnny. Uh, uh, hi. It's like cheap, 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 cheap. It's like I would be, I would be too tempted to troll him. Like I'm, I'm sorry, I, I love Tommy Wiseau, I love this movie, but I would just be too tempted to just go all out with it, right? Yeah, that'd be hilarious oh man it would be like the funniest thing ever like like did you see he, like he has an audition tape where he did uh, heath ledger's uh, joker
1: it's right here on oh YouTube. my <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my
0: god it's like the most amazing thing ever like i mean we should probably provide a link to it on the on the show notes like it's really just joker audition so tape. out there <laughs> oh man it's it's perfection
2: Don't worry. You can trust me. Your secret is safe with me. Hello, Michelle. I heard you. What secret? It's between us women. Uh, Hi, Johnny. Did you get a new dress? Um, well, I guess I better be going. Uh, I'll just talk to you guys later. Excuse me. Lisa, remember what I told you. What's she talking about? It's girl talk. I just told you that. I never hit you. You shouldn't have any secrets from me. I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Maybe I'll change my mind. Don't talk like that. What do you mean? What do you think? Women change their minds all the time. (laughs) You must be kidding, aren't you? Look, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to go upstairs and wash up and go to bed. How dare you talk to me like that? You should tell me everything. I can't talk right now. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me. Please. You are part of my life, you are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You are lying, I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Why are you so hysterical? Do you understand life? Do you? Don't worry about it. Everything will be alright. You drive me crazy! Good night, Johnny. Don't worry about it. I still love you. Good night, Lisa.
1: I bet it was the best way that he could express himself was by making this film.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, certainly. It was definitely his vision. You know, I mean... (laughs) Whatever that vision is. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what his vision is to Tommy Wiseau. I imagine that there's waves of colors and there's interesting little goblins that will run all over the place. And I'm sure that he makes many, many different friends, even though he... And then he wonders why they all betray him. Mm. It's terrible.
1: But that is the whole point, the whole goal the whole time is just, you know, finish... Finish your
0: masterpiece. It. Finish your masterpiece. I mean, yeah. Even I mean, if
1: it's only one time. In many
0: ways, it's really an inspiring movie. It just shows you that you know what. Even if somebody like this can get together some money and make a film like this, I mean, even making so many, so many uh, mistakes along the way. Yeah. I mean, it's really. I mean, it really shows that. I mean, you can just take your iPhone and make something interesting. Make you know, something unique and great. And yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, didn't uh, who was it that said that the best way to learn how to make a movie is just to make a movie?
1: John Carpenter.
0: John Carpenter. I mean, seriously, it's kind of like that, and his movie was pretty much an indie movie, you know. Like we went, we already went over that on on the second episode of the podcast. But I mean, but yeah, I mean, Juliet Dan- Juliet Daniels. She w- she played Lisa in the film, and she was only. She was only 18 years old when she uh, when she first started this movie, and the very first scene that uh, the very first scene that they actually did was the main love scene between Johnny thing. and the sex scene between Johnny and Lisa. With the rose,
1: it's like they're having sex with a rose instead of each other.
0: Oh my god! And <laughs> and, and the belly button fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's absolutely incredible to me. Like it's almost as if. I mean, Tommy Wiseau has never actually really had sex. That's what it looks like. It's really what it looks like. It's like, I mean, that's not how human beings have any kind of relations at all. Like, even, like, with the flowers and everything. Like, I can tell you I've never had any kind of sexual experience with a bunch of flowers around. I can tell you that right now, not once, not ever. I mean, right? Yeah.
1: I don't think I have something in movies, really,
0: mostly. Yeah, that's just not something that most people do. Honestly, and besides, I mean, have you seen how expensive flowers are? Anyway, fucking expensive, dude, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. But then again, I mean, there's, I mean, the character Johnny, he's a banker in the film. You know, I mean, so supposedly he can, he can afford that stuff. Like he's pretty much bringing Lisa like flowers every fucking day. Every
1: day, flowers.
0: Literally, literally every day. For seven years. But never chocolates. No, chocolates is for uh, Robin Paris's uh, little boyfriend, you know. Jesus. (laughs) It's like, you know, chocolate uh, is the symbol of love.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who wrote that?
0: Oh, Oh, yeah. We all know who who wrote that. We all know who wrote that. It's like no that that's I, I don't know man. That that could be a, an ad lib, which would be hilarious if it wasn't for the fact that is he's obviously trying to remember his lines.
1: Exactly.
2: Hello. Let's have some fun. Did you uh know that
0: chocolate is the symbol of love?
2: <laughs> Eat me.
0: Which which occurs a lot in this film. I mean, from a few people, you can tell. You can tell. I mean, it's I not think, really
1: acting, mostly.
0: I mean, I think that uh, Denny forgets his lines here and there. I mean, of course, there's the uh, there's the I did not hit her scene, you know, which supposedly took a bunch of takes for what? Tommy to do. Tommy couldn't even remember the goddamn lines in his own move in his own script, his own movie. I mean, Jesus, what does that say, you know? I and mean, there, I mean. And I think uh, there was a few times where Juliet Daniels may have kind of was just a little monotone. And, of course, you know, Greg Sestero just checked out by near the end of the movie, by the time of the end of the production, you know.
1: As soon as he shot himself in the head. Oh, we'll see you later.
0: <laughs> no, no. It's almost like uh, near the end of the movie when uh, it's like Sestero's character, Mark, and like both him and the actor just said, fuck it. And they just were just like, you know what? It's like, th- let's just do this. I mean, seriously. I mean, I think I may have said that earlier. I may know more whatever. than you think I know, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. Straight up fucking making out with his Beyonce in front of him. It's like, who, who does that? At
1: his birthday party.
0: At his birthday party. It, it's almost like Tommy Wiseau, when he was writing that, he just had to just keep tragedy upon tragedy. Like, just the first things that he could think of. is like, oh, yeah, he's making out with his fiance at his birthday party. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess they wanted a break mentally.
0: O- only what? that would happen in the insane mind of Tommy Wiseau. Like, I mean and what about denny dude like that character like and his actor Mm. it's like that was meant to be a really endearing character but he can't he just comes across as crazy you know like especially like at the beginning of the first sexy where he just barges in he's just like i want to watch it's like i like watching you i like watching you it's like you've been watching these people have sex it's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would want to. If I saw these people having sex, I would stop for a second, but not just because I want to see it. I'd just be confused. I'd be like, wait, what? What, what? what did you say? It's like, H- H- homeboy, wait a second, dude. I just got to intervene, man. <laughs> it's like, that's not how you do that. It's like, how old are you, little kid? <laughs> right? And, and what's with the kid watching? This isn't right, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how he gets off just by watching. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like, I mean, is a little, he just looks like a little creepler. Just the performance. It's such a creepler performance. I mean, the actor is cool, man. And he's been very, uh, apparently he's been a good sport about uh, the whole thing. Pretty much everybody has been. Even Tommy so, But, I mean, his character just really comes across as just maybe even a little bit uh, mentally, you know, disabled a little bit.
1: I guess you would say, yeah.
0: I guess you would say just a little bit. A little bit. You know, I mean, and that would kind of explain why Johnny would adopt him, would be kind of paying all of his bills and everything, which, of course, does not make sense when his character uh, actually uh, turns out to be selling drugs or being involved in drugs to make extra money. It's like, well, wait a second. Your room and board is taken care of, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like,
0: I'm sure you have enough money for spending cash. It's like, what are you doing? Selling drugs. Like if what? anything, you should just be buying drug, buy some weed and smoke it.
1: Buy weed, go to school. Buy I mean,
0: some weed and go to school. Geez. It's like, what the, what the fuck are you doing kid? And of course that's, that leads to the same with Chris R. You know, which is, which was this dude that apparently his name is Dan, uh, Janjian or something like that. Oh, or the, Janjian. The drug dealer. Yeah. he yep. He was, he's a Armenian dude. You know, and he really took this role seriously. He actually read up on method acting, and that's uh, really the approach that he took to it. And honestly, his his performance was seriously, seriously awesome. Like, I really like that. I really like what he does in that. I mean, he even scared uh, everybody else that was acting in the film at that point. Like, he, he freaked everybody out with that performance. I mean, it's like. Why couldn't that have happened throughout the, all, yeah. almost all the movie?
1: Why can't everyone do it like this guy? It's
0: like, where's the competence, man? I mean, it's not, of course, it's not something I would even blame on the crew or anything. They tried to make some sense out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I think at one point he had a few people in the actual production crew kind of uh, up and walk out on him. It's like, what the hell is this? What am I reading here? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean seriously, and of course I mean there's uh there's a uh, Claudette you know the the mother Lisa's mother I mean <laughs> the the actress that played her she actually suffered a heat stroke on set you yeah. know like like they had to stop filming and get her to the hospital and everything and in the disaster artist they kind of portrayed Tommy so as not really caring about it, but in real life he actually stopped it and he was just like, oh no, we need to get her to the hospital mm-hmm. like. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's something we'll get into. Like, the disaster artist does take some artistic liberties with the story a little bit. But anywho, I mean, just the plot holes themselves. I mean, first off, you know, there's Claudette's breast cancer. Like that is literally brought up in like almost in passing. And it's, it seems like a pretty major bit of information, and it's just swallowed up in the abyss of this movie. You know, it's like they forget about she's got cancer. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course the you know, other things becoming inconsequential. Like for instance, you know Johnny's bank job. I mean that eventually just a- after he loses the the, um, the promotion. I mean it's never brought up again. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, and, and then it goes on to what Lisa wants. Yeah, is, what
0: Lisa wants, which is just this constant, repetitious yeah. abyss of nothing. I mean, ser- that that that's really what that character is. I'm not I'm not gonna blame the actress for that. Yeah. But I mean, that's very much a matter of writing and direction. But I mean, that's what she is. She's kind of a void in a way, right? Freaking.
1: What do they describe her as? A yeah. Sociopath? And that, that's by yeah. the way,
0: that's a Juliet Daniels. Like, I mean, she's fantastic in her own right. But in this movie, I mean, I mean, the character Lisa is a straight up bitch. It's like, I mean, she goes to some extreme lengths with uh, with Johnny, you know, with Tommy Wiseau's character. I mean, just uh, just uh, first of all, saying that he hit her when clearly he didn't. I mean, we we all see what happened. He just repeated the same love scene from before. Dude. That's oh, all God. that happened <laughs> in all honesty.
1: Wait, Johnny doesn't drink.
0: yeah, wait a minute. Johnny doesn't drink so. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's the one thing that that she brings up that perks her ears. It's like, oh wow, it's like, yeah, let's not worry about domestic violence or anything like that. It's like, Johnny's drinking. <laughs> Can you believe that? Johnny's drinking? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's another uh, plot hole that kind of goes nowhere is the whole, you know, the immortal Johnny hit her. I did not hit her thing. It's like that literally is dropped uh, by the time that uh, Johnny says, oh, hi, Mark.
1: Oh,
2: hi, Mark. Th-
0: that's pretty much when that is uh, when that is dropped. It's never brought up again.
2: I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Johnny. What's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She says that I hit her. What? Well, did you? No, it's not true. Don't even ask. What's new with you? Well, I'm just sitting up here thinking, you know. I got a question for you. Yeah. You think girls like to cheat like guys do? What makes you say that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just thinking. I don't have to worry about that because Lisa's loyal to me. Yeah, man, you never know.
0: And, of course, you know the, the aforementioned uh, scene with, uh, with Chris R., the drug dealer. It's like they, they pretty much just cart him away, and minutes later, uh, uh, Johnny and Mark are back. And it's the same rooftop, too. It's the same rooftop, time. yeah. And, and that's never brought up again. The whole drug use thing, I mean, nobody ever brings that up. Even even as pissed off as uh, Claudette is about the whole thing, you know, which is inexplicable in its own right. It's like, it didn't even says like you're not my fucking mother. It's like, yeah, lady, you're not his mother. <laughs> <laughs> let, let this kid go. It's, it's like, good. what are you doing, accosting him? It's like, and then you grab him. That's assault. It's yeah. like, you can go to jail for that. It's like take him away with uh, Chris R. Take her away with Chris R. Right. <laughs> Straight up, man. Oh my god! What about that? The, the football then, scene. Oh, the football scene. I mean, I mean, first of all, it's like one character that we left out was Peter, the psychologist. It's like he factors into a lot of those scenes where uh, where uh, they're playing football, and there's also scenes uh, where he tries to psychoanalyze his friends and try to help them that. Eventually, he's completely dropped because the actor had to leave the production, so he never comes back again, and that whole line of, that whole line of writing pretty much goes to shit. And you know? the tuxedos. And the, and the tuxedos, it's like, that's inexplicable in its own right. Tossing And they, they don't even toss the to football correctly, right?
1: No, it's like underhanded. or
0: There's like no tradition. spirals at all. It's no. all underhanded. It's like, what are you guys doing? We're playing catch. We're playing catch, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And, of course, this is where we first see the immortal cheap, 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 cheap shit. Cheep. Oh, my God. That is something that I just love doing to people. Like, you adjust, you're just, you're nothing. You are just a chicken. Cheep, cheap, 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 Cheep, cheap, 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 so cheap, That's really it, right? It's like, yeah, you, we're, we're <laughs> going to be doing that for, like, the next three or four months at work now. It's like, you just know it, man. We're just going to be doing that for ages. I mean, isn't that right? I mean, or haven't you been kind of uh, bringing up these quotes, yeah, like at actually, work and everything? Yeah.
1: yeah, I can't stop bringing them up. <laughs>
0: it's incredibly quotable, man. There's I a whole mean,
1: fan base just for these quotes. Crazy. I mean, just
0: you're tearing me apart, Lisa. That in its own right. I mean, it's so shittily delivered, but it's it's taken on a life of its own. That's in James a way. Dean just, for that. yeah. yeah, it's that James Dean line, but it's just Tommy was so make, to, makes it transcend James Dean a little bit and it's perfect actually it's perfectly (laughs) awful though that's what's amazing about it it's Mm. perfectly awful i mean i don't know any clearer way to put it there right i mean how would you describe it
1: Uh, that's the way they describe it like what the top eight worst best films ever
0: oh man like up there with like troll two and like what else uh Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, No Garbage Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were watching a clip uh, that had the room on it. It had a bunch of these uh, movies, and it did have uh, Garbage Day. It's like, that's a fantastically bad movie, but it still can't stand up to. Uh, You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Tearing me apart. Or, of course, like, the the just the random, you know, oh, I can't tell you that. That's confidential. So how's your sex life? How's your sex life? <laughs> like... First of all, what business is it of yours? Like, Second of all, why are you going? Why make it so non sequitur? It's funny. As why well. are you even going to bring it up after talking about bank shit, right?
1: So forget about all your problems. Forget about all that. Let's just talk about this guy's sex life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just drop it. And of course, you know Mark goes. Mark does go into it. He doesn't say anything like, like, dude, what the fuck, right?
1: i would be like, what. Wanna like, all, you don't want to. You want to know how I, I'm fucking. Like, it's
0: geez. like what? What you gonna ask me? You know what I do when I go in the bathroom and jack off? Or yeah, something? you want to like, know how I many mean, times I wipe wanna, my
1: ass or something?
0: Jeez. Yeah, ser- seriously, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like I mean, I, I I don't think that I'm ever that close with any of my friends, dude. No, like Robert, I've never asked you anything that personal. Like, quite frankly, homie, I don't care as long as it's not illegal or any fucked up or anything, do whatever.
1: I don't care what you do, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? Seriously. But, I mean, the other quotes in this movie, even just from Mark, whenever he's about to have sex with Lisa, he just always questions it. It's like, dude, are you that dense? It's like... What are you? Why are you doing this, Lisa? She need to draw you a picture. Jeez, it's like... and are you really that easily manipulated by this woman? It's like I mean, really, she has that kind of spell on you.
1: I guess the sex is that good, right?
0: It doesn't even look like the sex is that good. That's the doesn't thing. Even look like they're doing I mean, it. Right? I don't even know if that's really a Tommy was so writing thing. I mean, it just. I mean just the characters themselves they just don't look like they know how to have sex and, and th- but that could really be the writing though. I mean because that's just Tommy was so not understanding human emotions or relations or just humanity in general, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah he took that from HBO porn Showtime, oh man yeah that, that's, Cinemax, that's one
0: whatever. of my pet theories about this movie <laughs> ultimately is that it's a complete stealth parody of Skinamax style softcore porn films you I go. mean it's that's something that so many of us grew up with. I mm. mean, I'm going to tell you right now that was one of my first, you know, exposures to anything sexual Report. in nature back yeah. in the day. You know, it was you know, this was before the internet really took off, you know, you had to go on sneak Showtime or HBO or uh, Cinemax or After Dark, you know, and Get they the would way. have stuff like they've had like, like the Emmanuel movies, like they'd have like all kinds of stuff like erotic confessions. There and, you go. Yeah. And also like uh, movies, like a lot of them with uh, what, what what's that? Uh, I, I don't remember her name, but I mean, there were a lot of those types of movies that came out in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. A lot of them were, especially after like uh, basic instinct came out and like a lot of them had like a lot of murder involved in it. You know, it was very basic instinct. You know, and that's kind of what Tommy was so, I feel, kind of tapped into a little bit. That's why the sex scenes are so utterly ridiculous. So ridiculous, man. It's like, I mean, because in the end, when you really think about it, Skinamax softcore porn is inherently ridiculous. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying to get away with not showing actual sex while trying to be as sexy as possible. And that's kind of it's absurd in its own right, really. All you, see really is the breast, really, all you see think
1: about Breast, really—that's all you see. Yeah,
0: pretty much. It's like there's not, not like there's straight full frontal. I mean, some of them has that, but usually, I mean, it's literally just to uh, titty films, pretty titty much. Film. And and it kind of comes across like that in the room all it's the, the way time.
1: The old Playboy movies used to be right, like.
0: I never Merrill watched any of the old
1: uh, old Pamela Playboy, you know, like shower scenes, Pamela Anderson. No, I
0: never, I never watched any of the old Anna Nicole
1: uh, Smith, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I've never watched the old uh, Playboy uh, movies, Casa de erotica, right? But I'm sure that the, that that's probably also some kind of influence on this movie, knowing was so that that motherfucker. <laughs> Once again, Tommy, we love you, man. We love you, Tommy. Don't sue, don't, sue don't sue us. Please don't sue us. Please don't sue us. Please don't sue us. Oh, yeah, we we know he's kind of, you know, like I said, litigious. So tread carefully, folks. Sometimes she's mean to me,
2: but sometimes when I'm around her, I feel like I want to kiss her and tell her that I love her. I don't know. I'm just confused. Danny, don't worry about that. Lisa loves you, too, as a person, as a human being, as a friend. You know, people don't have to say it. They can feel it. What do you mean? You can love someone deep inside your heart, and there is nothing wrong with it. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live.
0: The sex scenes are legendary in their own right, and they are worthy of discussion because you can pretty much write an entire dissertation on everything that is not just wrong with this movie, but just wrong with those sex scenes. Man, like we were talking about the uh, the Cinemax influence—that's obviously there. But I mean, there's just certain things that trans—that makes it transcend that and just become absolute, almost satire in a way. It's almost satirical, right? Because all, all the mannerisms that you see in those Cinemax films, it all just it perfectly comes to get comes together in those uh, scenes. Which incidentally, Tommy so did repeat uh, one of the original sex scene, the, the initial one from the beginning of the movie. The
2: second that, time yeah, I it, it comes, it
0: comes up again. The second time that Johnny and Lisa <laughs> have sex, like. There, there was some rumor that it was because uh, Juliet Daniels just would not get back into bed with Tommy Wiseau because it, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> I don't think I would want him fucking humping on me either, dude. For He's the like, second Ugh. time, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but no, no second time there. It's like, I mean, and that's kind of why you know, if you see the sex scenes with uh, Greg Sestero, they're not nearly as graphic, honestly, I don't think. As, as graphic as they get in this film, mm. you know.
1: It feels like she likes kissing him more. Yeah, there, there's
0: know. like there's like one scene where she's they're pretty much just on the stairs, and yeah, it does seem to be erotic, but it's not really showing anything. Nothing. There's a little more that's shown in the next time that uh, Lisa and Mark are together, but it's like in the end, it's just like it's the music that makes these these scenes perfect. I mean, they, they were initially going to use uh, Bon Jovi songs for this. That's a, that's what uh, Tommy Wiseau initially wanted to use. Wanted Dead or uh, Alive. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the first sex scene <laughs> to that song? <laughs> could you imagine Wanted, wanted dead, or dead or Alive while Tommy Wiseau is belly humping
1: <laughs> Playing Tommy Sticks.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, man. <laughs> No fucking way. It's like, that would just be too much, dude. And that would have, I think that would have made it, beyond legendary, it would have just made it, like, godlike. That would have been godlike right there, right?
1: It would have been perfect.
0: That would have been god-level perfection right there. But the songs that we get are just... These cheesy approximations of like '90s R and B slow jam type music, so like we, we all yeah. like most of us remember the uh, the commercials on television where they had a uh, CD collection of slow jams, like it had all this stuff, like uh, all these slow jams from like uh, Keith Sweat and yeah. uh, you know uh, that All My Life song, you know all all for one and. Boys to men, and there shit. you go. Boys it's to like, yeah, men, boys yeah. to men. It's like, but yeah. I mean, there's a couple of most of these songs mostly sound like TLC slow jams, don't they? Kind of, sort of okay. like they're trying to do TLC, TLC or like Tony yeah. Braxton or something like that. That that it seems like that's kind of what they're going for, like like that. You are my rose. You are my rose. That 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 song. To the it's like, that, every time I hear that, and every time those scenes come on, I just immediately double down with laughter, man. <laughs> it's, it's hard to take them seriously, right? Oh, it is the first time I saw it, yeah. It's incredibly difficult to take this shit seriously. Like, I mean, even the, like the scenes with Greg Sestero, I mean, the music just takes it to another level that honestly could only make, make sense when your Tommy was so. Like, seriously, that's just how Tommy Wiseau views the world, and that's how he views sex, apparently. Like, that's... It's almost telling. It's almost kind of telling in a way, right? I mean, essentially, this movie was kind of autobiographical, you know, because, I mean, apparently Tommy Wiseau did have a relationship that fell apart, and apparently his Beyoncé cheated on him. But, I mean... Hopefully the sex scenes aren't a autobiographical <laughs> because I could not imagine being a woman and having to have to deal with that. <laughs>
1: That's what she said. I had to deal with you. Yeah, I seven had to years. deal
0: with you for seven years. It's like, yeah, exactly. That was her words. She dealt with him. Mm. And I have a feeling that being with Tommy Wiseau would be pretty much dealing with him. Dealing with him on a daily basis—he's basically a problem. Yeah. Just, just a problem. Like once again, Tommy Wiseau, we love you, but I would—I could just imagine dating Tommy Wiseau would be a nightmare, right? And this movie pretty much lays it out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. What, what about the the roses in the first sex scene, man? Like. Like I mean, he just brings it out and just starts kind of what waving him and putting him in her face or something waving like that, her, or yeah, exactly. putting him on her body just, or something yeah, like that. Really What's great is that Tim and Eric uh, awesome show. They they did a parody of that kind of like they did this. Uh, they did this scene where like uh, this dude goes out and, uh, and his wife is cheating on him at home, and it has this really cheesy fucking music <laughs> and everything, and. <laughs> Like, it absolutely does not look like sex at all. It just looks b- weird and animalistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfection, man. Like, I, I need to show you a uh, it, sexual romance. If you ever go on YouTube, look mm. up Tim and Eric's sexual romance, and it is perfection, man. And if you love the room, it, it just completely captures that uh, feeling. As well as the Tommy Wiseau episode, which is awesome in its own right. Like, it, it's so, 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 so fucking awesome.
2: Lisa's your future wife. Danny, don't worry about it. You are part of our family, and we love you very much. And we'll help you anytime. And Lisa loves you, too. As a friend. You are sort of like her son. You mean you're not upset with me? (laughs) No, because I trust you, and I trust Lisa. What about Elizabeth, huh? Well... I love her. Mm-hmm. When I graduate from college, get a good job, I want to marry her and have kids with her. That's the idea. You're right. Thanks for paying my tuition. You're very welcome, Danny. And keep in mind, if you have any problems, talk to me, and I will help you. Awesome. Thanks, Johnny. Let's go eat, huh? Come on, let's go. It's <laughs> let oh, go. I'm starving. <laughs>
0: it's James Franco and Dave Franco were such fans of this movie that they decided that they were going to make a movie about the making of this movie. And that of course, we're talking about The Disaster Artist, which came out last year to much acclaim, and unfortunately it didn't really pick up a whole lot, and it may have to do with some of the trouble that James Franco might be in with the Me Too movement, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, But this movie... It was a pretty close approximation of not only what the film is like, but also apparently what the production was like. I mean, in many ways, like Tommy Wiseau and Sestero and most all of the production uh, crew, they did give this movie their blessing, you know, and, and it's played by a lot of uh, comedic, uh, modern comedic royalty, like like uh, the uh, three cast members of the How Did This Get Made podcast, Paul Scheer, June Diane Raphael and Jason Manzukis. They're in this movie. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of that podcast. No. But I, I that's a little plug for them. I highly recommend you check out their podcast. It's hilarious. They talk about bad movies. They do it live most of the time, which hopefully we'll do soon.
1: Live shows. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, yeah live podcasts, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Video live, too. Yeah, live, but live on stage, dude. Oh. Yeah, that's what they do. They do this shit live on stage in front of an audience. That's like trailer park boy stuff. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? That's cool. Yeah, yeah we, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully if, if you give us enough of a following, maybe we can do that. But, yeah, they're in this movie. Uh, Seth Rogen, he, he, he played uh, the uh, main uh, assistant director, I think, I believe. I don't remember his name, but he's in this film. Um, of course, the Franco brothers, who, who is perfect. Well, them. Uh, who, who played uh, Juliet Daniels, a.k.a. Lisa, in this film? Who was that? That's that's another prominent uh, comedian.
1: I have no idea.
0: No idea. Yeah, look that up real quick. Once again, the superlative research skills of collateral cinema. At work here, ladies and gentlemen. We always have to bring that up. <laughs> it's like we are silly stoners. <laughs> you know how it is. You know, 420-friendly podcast and all. But, I mean, this movie it was originally based off of uh, Greg Sestero's book, which uh, really told the full on uncut story or at least Sestero's version of the story of how this film was made. And like it, Ari Greener, Yeah, that's the the lady that played uh, Juliet Daniels and Lisa in The Disaster Artist. And she did a superlative job, honestly, like playing both the actress and Lisa in the remake scenes, which there is a video on YouTube which shows them side by side practically, and they are perfect. Spot on. Really spot on, man. It's like, it almost makes you wish that they would have just went ahead and remade a complete just did a full version of The Room with James Franco and R.E. Greener and everybody. that's exactly and just, the same. That's yeah. exactly the same and just, and release that. That would be so, such perfection. It would be a perfect homage to this film, you know, which, I mean, just the movie alone is a great homage to it, you know. Disaster Artist. I mean, it's really, really cool that the Franco brothers decided to do that, and they really got close to Tommy Wiseau and Greg wow. Sestero. Zach Efron's in
1: Disaster Artist. Yeah, Zach Efron
0: is in I didn't it. Know yeah, that. doesn't he play? Uh, he plays Denny, right? He plays the guy that played yeah. Denny. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Zach Efron is. He recently directed a movie that uh, I don't know. It wasn't that good. Going in Style. I don't think it was that great. But he he's definitely a funny actor. I mean he's from uh oh, Larry. What, what, what is he from? He was from Scrubs, right? Um originally, right? No, Zach that's Zach Braff. Zach Braff. That's somebody else. In fact, I think the movie that I mentioned is Zach, Zach Braff. Efren? I'm I'm sorry, Zach Evrin, my bad dude. Oh um, my like bad.
1: High school musical dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, high school musical. It's like well, that's good to see him getting some work like this, you know. It's always good to see some former Disney people, you know, make make uh, steps into more adult roles you know like that uh, movie last night we saw with Selena Gomez and Ethan Hawke Jesus Christ bad acting oh that was terrible that was terrible man I don't know I don't know what the fuck that was we're talking
1: about the getaway
0: the getaway yeah That, that was basically car porn, and even the ending of the movie is was car pretty porn. much just. Did you notice car how porn. I got off on it? Did yeah. It, it yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, this guy <laughs> is a total car nut sitting across from me, and yeah, he was just getting off on this movie 100%. But the acting in that film is just, eh, you know? No. But like I said, it's good to see Zach Efron in this film, you know? And James Franco's performance of Tommy was so, oh my God, man. It's like he just channeled him perfectly. Even even got even got some uh, prosthetics made to kind of approximate Wasow's look. You know that weird sullen face. Look just like him. He yeah. really did. You know, and I mean Greg and Dave Franco as uh, Sistero, I mean it was kind it was kind of weird because you know Dave Franco is not nearly as tall as uh, Greg Sistero. He's not even nearly the same frame as, as, mm. as Taro, right? No. There's there's just no way, but somehow he pulls it off. I don't know how he did it, but he pulled it off, you know? Now, I still haven't seen the disaster artist. Neither have I. Neither have I. Like, we really do need to see it. Like, I, I did go ahead and... Uh, I went on uh, TVTropes.org, which, of course, that's our bread and butter right there. We should be researching on that all the time, Robert. 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 All right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I have to put my foot down, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes I have to put my foot down, keep them in line, right? Yeah, got
1: to do (laughs) it. do our homework
0: way more i honestly i think that the disaster artist is something that will warrant its own episode of the podcast pretty soon honestly because i mean it did it was nominated for a golden globe i mean i don't remember if it was nominated for any academy awards like there was there was a huge push for it but once again the whole trouble that franco was in kind of scuttled that but wouldn't it have been amazing if Tommy Wiseau would have been at the Academy Awards.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: What do you th- What do you think would have happened? That would have been like a paradigm shifting event, right? Jeez,
1: I don't even know what would happen <laughs> in, in its
0: own in its own right. That would have been incredible. I mean, of course, you know Sistero and Wiseau. They have a movie that uh, they're making together. It's like I mean, I. I don't remember what it's what it's called. It's a good neighbor or something like that, or something to that effect. I mean, if anybody wants to correct me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, go right ahead. It's like leave a comment. Um, but it's actually pretty highly anticipated because it's Greg Sistero and Tommy was so working together in a movie and they're acting together. And ultimately, the, the way that this was adapted into. A, the uh, production of The Room was adapted into the movie, namely The Disaster Artist book. I mean, it was really because uh, James Franco and Dave Franco, they were just such huge fans of this movie, and this was their passion project in a way, which is kind of interesting because The Room was a passion project for Tommy Wiseau. You know, I mean, what do you think, dude? Jesus. <laughs> like, more than Jesus, bro. I don't know. In <laughs> this movie well, is, What
1: I'm thinking the whole time is how did they... Pitch the idea to any to Hollywood or whatever
0: once again that goes back to who the fuck actually fronted the money for this who no, wanted people, this movie made <laughs> people still don't know people are still mystified as to why this movie was made and or how he got them not how why it was made just how how it was made yeah, and see, how he got the mo- the money for it if you because have pitched, he he, yeah. he literally just showed up with like 6 5 or 6 million dollars Jesus. as an initial investment and of course he uh, he took that money and went and bought different cameras which not even not not even movie studios like especially small ones buy their own equipment they all almost always rent it yeah and he he shot this movie with i think with like 35 millimeter and uh and hd side by side like he 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 filmed them both with different cameras and just ended up using the 35 millimeter uh cut of the film all of that footage was just used in the movie. And that, that, and that kind of gives it its almost otherworldly feel, you know? Like, if, if you want to give, like, some type of fan theory that there's some supernatural thing going on, like it's purgatory or whatever, I mean, it, it, it kind of uh, fits a little bit, right? Mm-mm. I mean, what do you think? I have no idea. I've lost <laughs> my place. you lost your place. <laughs> oh, man. That's what we have that for, man. Okay, who
2: here can really reveal themselves to the class? Anybody?
1: I'll go. Don't talk about me, not to class, not to anybody. Yeah, you no, know, of course. Shop on time. Try not fall asleep, everybody.
0: Am I hearing an accent?
1: Oh, uh, no, no. What are you mean?
0: How old are you? I'm Greg age. You're 19. Yeah, I just
2: turned 14. Wow! Happy birthday. This is my movie, and this is my life.
1: You're not great. You and me, we're all the same. Oh yeah, how's, how's that? We both have this dream. That yeah, we'll be famous. Yeah, I guess we do.
2: <laughs> you have a malevolent presence. You are a perfect villain. I could see you as Dracula, Frankenstein. not Frankenstein! I am hero. Job, I give them salary. I'll spend $5 million on this movie, Greg. Five, are you kidding me? $5 million? And, and they are not grateful. Nobody respects my vision.
0: Where were you born, Tommy? Greg, that's not part of the scene. Oh, you want an easier question? Where does the money come from, huh? Stop! This is on camera. I know it's on camera just like you want it. Ah, ah. I do this whole movie for you,
2: Greg. take it again. Try to lose the accent. The
1: rules to the class are there. And the quiet
0: them before was done. Well, in the end, I think that with that note, that's probably it. time to see into our final thoughts. What are your final thoughts on the movie, man?
1: I actually want to watch it a few more times.
0: Oh, man, you're going to uh, want to watch it more than a few more times, dude. Like, seriously, I've, I've watched it several times since it was first shown on Adult Swim. I tried to buy a DVD of it for, straight from Tommy Wiseau.com, and I never got my DVD. Tommy, if you're listening, you I never it? got my never DVD. Jeez. I want my fucking DVD. Damn it.
1: We should be suing you. Okay.
0: Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. I want my DVD. I want, I spent 30 goddamn dollars on that shit. 30 bucks and nothing came? Nothing came. Just... So, Tommy, I love you, man, but please give me my DVD already. And if you sign it, sign it to Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast. <laughs> but my final thoughts on this movie is that it is absolutely the greatest thing that has ever been made by anyone in any way ever period in the history of Hollywood. That's that's it,
1: especially what they're doing. now.
0: it's it's a a amazing stroke of genius and anybody that says otherwise is an obstreperous asshole. (laughs) And you deserve to be knocked in the head with a dozen footballs by dudes in tuxedos. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh, i mean we, what, what would you do if you were just saw uh, just a gang of dudes in tuxedos with footballs going
1: ah start throwing them at you Damn, i prefer for an al- album cover or something
0: yeah right that would be a tuxedos. great album cover cover right
1: molly crew album cover
0: bunch of dudes with tuxedos and footballs in their hands <laughs> that would make a great video right yeah video that references the room fuse tv yeah exactly Maybe. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is the greatest thing in the history of humanity ever. It's like, behold, it's, behold, Tommy Wiseau's mastery. He is the, Nicolas Cage is not the one true God. Tommy Wiseau is the one true God. The one true God, Robert.
1: You only get one shot, and I, I guess he utilized that. He
0: didn't. Th- that This is his one shot. Like, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, this really goes to show you that, you know, if you want to make a movie, make it happen. Mm. By any by any means necessary. No matter how bad or mm. whatever. Seriously. Like. I mean we're actually gonna get into some filmmaking ourselves here pretty soon. Like I'm gonna helm the sound editing and the sound design and everything. In the near that?
1: future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In the future. So I mean, yeah, watching this movie it does kinda get the gears grind uh, moving a little bit. It's the you creative know?
1: juices flowing. Yeah, it right. does
0: get those juices flowing. And you know, once again I did not hit her. That is bullshit. I did not. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. We totally botched that up. But, ladies and gentlemen, this was a total total joy. I, I completely uh, enjoyed talking about this movie. Robert, you should. Oh, I've say only seen it once.
1: I'm not as enthused as you are. I need to see it more, I guess. <laughs> oh, how
0: can you not be enthused by seeing it once? It's the most amazing thing ever, man. <laughs> I get All right. I, I, I guess that sums it up right there. So what's going to be on the next episode of the podcast, Robert? You're the, you're choosing the next uh, episode, right?
1: It's going to be death proof,
0: death proof by Quentin Tarantino. I actually saw, I actually saw that movie in the theaters with the whole grindhouse experience trailers and everything, like intros and everything. It was, it was very unique. It was very different, and I'm really, really glad that I saw it like that. So, And Death Proof was the stronger movie of the two. Planet Terror is cool in its own right, you know, for Robert Rodriguez film. Mm-hmm. Which is, he's pretty, pretty cool. But Quentin Tarantino's movie is just very transcendental, very action-packed, and honestly, I can't wait to dive into it, man. I honestly can't wait. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, uh... Uh, Rosario Dawson's in yeah, it right? she, yeah she's in that film it's mm-hmm. like Zoe Bell
1: those two stunt girls right?
0: oh, yeah yeah man that's, that's an amazing movie but we're going to get into that in the next episode ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us we had a lot of fun doing this episode you can find us on Twitter you can find us on Facebook you can find us on Google Play Stitcher iTunes I think YouTube and we're also on WordPress and Tumblr Oh, and Stitcher. If I didn't. Uh, no, you didn't say that. I didn't say Stitcher. Okay, right on. And please, by all means, uh, leave leave us a comment on uh, on our Podbean. Leave us a comment on our Facebook. It was like, tell tell us uh, if you know any better about this movie. You know, tell us if we're acting like a bunch of fucking idiots or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Collateral Cinema out. Bye, guys. You you you
2: you you you
0: Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by their respective creators. Please don't sue us. We're poor.